He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by somebody who does some of the smartest work, I think, out there. And I don't I don't say that uh, flippantly. Getting all the CBA stuff and how litigious all that can be and figuring out numbers and, and figuring out the needs of teams and trades and stuff, it's one of my favorite things to troll people with, but it's not something I take particularly seriously. Yossi Goslan here of Hoops Hype is is joining me, um, and he does all that stuff incredibly well. Yossi, thank you very much for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for that intro. I've never been so well hyped up before a show. I'm ready. <laughs> Don't you do a, a show with a co-host? Get your get get Michael to hype you up, dude. Get it going. Uh, get it after going. He, after he, he sees this, he'll probably be like, oh, shit, I got <laughs> Step it up. <laughs> um, like I said, you can find his work on Hoops Hype, um, and and it is really good. It's really smart, and and I always really appreciate it. Today we're going to be talking about the Lakers' options moving forward, and and whether, like, more specifically, whether it makes sense for them to prioritize cap space, what they're talking about if they do prioritize cap space, or whether it makes more sense for them to keep Russell Westbrook's uh, cap slot open to themselves by trading him into long-term money um, and, and give themselves some flexibility that way. And then whatever else comes on uh, along the way, we're, we're here for the, uh, the wisdom and lessons as, as Darvin Ham would like, would like us to, to say. So um, yeah, that's where I want to start Yossi. And, and um, this notion that the Lakers don't want to take on long-term money, they are looking at next year, right around 35-ish million dollars in cap space, depending on where the uh, the, the, the number, the, the cap number comes in for the league next season. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'm just kind of curious. Can you, can you contextualize what that number actually represents? Is that, is that significant cap space to you, given what the Lakers will be looking to do with it? Or, or is that, kind of is it can that kind of be oversold or do you think it's being oversold from the lakers here so they're looking at somewhere over 30 mil what the mm -hmm. exact amount will be depends on what they do in the deadline where the pick from new orleans falls mm -hmm. in so you know 30 maybe it'll get to 35 million uh not you know back like you know five to ten years ago that's max cap space so that's definitely a lot Mm -hmm. uh, it's risen so much to the point where it's still a good chunk of cap space. It's still enough to do something, uh, not quite a max, but at the same time, not, you don't really need a max in free agency, like at least like dating, like after 2019, which was like the crazy, all the stars were free agents. Everyone picked where they wanted to go. It hasn't really been free agency. Hasn't been explosive like that. My yeah. feeling is we might not get another, free agent class like that till 2025 a lot of good guys are going to be available then so mm -hmm. for now like if you look at some of the best guys coming up i think they have enough to go after some of the best guys um uh you know there's like 
not, not that they're going to be, not that I know if they're going to be in the running for anyone, but if there was like just, I don't know, Fred Van Vliet, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, they could technically get in the mix for those guys. I don't think you need to max those guys out. Mm. Um, my prediction, I get the feeling that this coming off season might be kind of close to resembling how they went about 2019. Yeah, they went after Kawhi, didn't work out. And mm-hmm. they ended up filling the using the cap space. I think they had like 30 something mil. So same amount to fill up the roster with depth. Uh, personally, I think that's where the Lakers, what the Lakers should be doing. Uh, I understand mm. that they're going to be trying to big game hunt no matter what. But they had a good formula building that team, getting. You would think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, they, they, it won. They won the championship. Danny Green bringing back Pope. Uh, Avery Bradley, like it worked out in the end. Mm-hmm. So I just think they need to uh, refill, just just get just deep enough. I know, you know, so far they've had some, they have a lot more uh, positives from their minimum signings. You know, Thomas Bryan, Austin Reeves playing really well. Uh, Schroeder's playing pretty well. Uh, but they need to, you know, you don't, you can't have the majority of your roster minimum guys. I think mm-hmm. they just, if they, whether it's through the Westbrook trade, they could do that now, turn that into multiple guys or in free agency. I just think they need to deepen up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And and whatever direction it is that they head in, uh, you know, using all of that $35 million on a single player kind of sort of puts you in the same spot that they're in right now. And, you know, you mentioned Thomas Bryant. You mentioned, uh, you know, Lonnie Walker, I think, is outplaying his contract. Troy Brown Jr., I think, is outplaying his minimum contract. Dennis Schroeder um, also, I think, is playing is is outplaying a minimum, um, just in terms of value returned. Uh, it, it's great. It's a great story for those guys that they're playing as well as they are, and they and they have position, positioned themselves for paydays. But for the Lakers, they're going to have to do the same thing all over again. They got to hope that they hit on another collection of minimum guys because I do think Thomas Bryant has probably priced himself out of what the Lakers are going to be able to pay him without going into that. Like they could just run this roster back and use all of their cap space available to them to re-sign Lonnie Walker when he probably opts out of his player option um, to re-sign Thomas Bryant to re-sign Dennis Schroeder. If that's, if that, if that's something that they want to do again, Um, it's just, you know, this notion of, and this is kind of why I I would like to avoid the cap space approach too. You're still going to be heavily reliant upon a lot of minimum contracts. If even if you if you try to, you know, let this Russell Westbrook thing uh, ride it out, or you try to bring back only expiring deals and give yourself an opportunity there, um, and 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 you know try to recreate another roster of you know maybe a handful of above minimum guys plus a whole bunch of minimum contracts. But the problem with the minimum contract thing is. If you have success with them, they're there a year, and then that's it, and your and your and your culture is shot again, and and yeah, I I, I mean I, I guess I guess I'm taking all that for granted. Do you think, you know, guys like Bryant and Schroeder and Walker and uh, Brown, do you, you don't think they they could remain in 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 a spot where the Lakers could be able to bring them back? Do you? Uh, I think I think it's possible. Uh, Reeves, especially, they're in a good spot to bring him back uh, mm-hmm. while using cap space. Uh, I'm, I try not to get too carried away with the, with the performances of 
of uh, Brian Dejour. I think they're playing really well. They're definitely more than minimum guys. I at the same time, you know, in in the, where the Lakers are and there's you know trying to fight back into the play in mix. Uh, teams true. that are like generally in that tier. I don't get. I don't want to get too carried away when they're like one of the best players on, you know, non-playing bottomish. Yeah, tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this, uh, I think because Thomas Bryant, I think though, might be tough. I I've been on several podcasts recently, and they're all like, yeah, I would love to get Thomas Bryant on my team. So uh, <laughs> I feel like yeah. he's going to be pretty uh, a hot commodity this coming off season. Yeah. Um, uh, Lonnie Walker, it just depends because I think they they haven't enough rights to bring him back, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to make like that much more than he's currently making. Um, the injury has hurt. And then, you yeah. know, playing small forward has, has kind of removed some of the polish that was on him at the beginning of the season, I think. So it's, it's possible he might yeah. have kind of played himself back into a, a price range that fits yeah. the Lakers' plans. It's just more so that it, do they want to? Uh, in the end, it's gonna you know bringing him back is gonna uh, take away from their cap space. So it just it's more of a matter of do they want to go in another direction? Uh, be, because they have cap space, though, if they're gonna be operating with cap space, they could technically bring any of these guys back, yeah. resign them to whatever is needed. Um, so yeah, but that runs not- into the issue that you just mentioned, like you're using your cap space to bring back the core of a team that is not currently in a playing spot, you know? Right. So, so that well, I don't, I don't think that's something that people would be like thrilled uh, at, yeah. at the prospects of the other name here that has been kind of tied to the Lakers throughout the season. Um, and, and I think will be tied to the Lakers as he, as he enters free agency is Kyle Kuzma. Um, you know, right now I, I think he's making, he's, he's on a pretty, stellar contract right now 13 mil. yeah 13 million right now i think he probably comes close to doubling that in in the in the uh in the upcoming offseason uh obviously if the lakers have their cap space that would fit into the the amount that they currently have um from what i have heard there is interest on both sides in 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 that kind of an outcome here um so much so that i think as we approach the february deadline Washington is going to have to really think about this stuff. The, they're probably going to have to really overpay to keep him if that is something that they want to do. Um, but but the, the idea of, like we just talked about for the Lakers, it would probably behoove them to add depth here, right? But if you're using 25-ish million of your 30-ish million in cap, like that's not, that's yeah. not much. You have another exception beyond that, and then it's a bunch of minimum guys. So... What, what do you what do you think about that potential outcome? Uh, if and this is all by the way focused on operating with cap space. I still think their smartest path forward is trading Russ into some long term money. But but what do you think of of that as the, the the prospects of that? What do you think Kuzma's number comes in at this upcoming offseason? How how are you feeling about all of that? And if they bring if they were to bring back Kuzma, they would basically take up nearly all their cap space i think I, i'm you know that i think shams was saying he in the article a couple months ago he sees him getting he's been hearing he'll get like 20 to 25 million per mm-hmm. so maybe if you could get him on the lower end of that okay sure that's because that i could see that also being a bargain and then you could bring in another guy yeah uh but uh to you so if it's going to take up most of your cap 
cap space, I, I probably wouldn't. Um, and it, it's it's interesting how I remember, you know, I've been following, I've been, I'm like, I mean, especially when I'm doing salary cap stuff on Twitter, I'll do a lot on the Lakers. And two years ago, it was fun. Um, before they traded for Russ, there was a lot of Kuzma uh, trade chatter in general. We trade him for mm-hmm. Buddy Hill, trade him for this guy. And it's just interesting how now all of a sudden now the Lakers, like it was like the biggest trade chip for the Lakers to yep. move him for whatever upgrade. And now everyone now it seems like they want him back. Um, interesting. They very much do. They, yeah. they, you know, from, from now to your from, point though, about yeah. trading Westbrook for stuff. Now, I think if, um, you know, if they're going to, uh, if they're, if they're, if they feel like the season's getting a little out of hand, which, you know, they're still in it, but I think there definitely is some merit to trading Westbrook for players that uh, are under contract for next season. That could be useful now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, if I'm them, I would want to get some, also, also get some, um, some draft picks, some kind of incentive if you're going to be taking on bad money into next year. So the one, like one trade that I've thought about that, I could see potentially making sense for both teams. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the Lakers would do it, but what Westbrook for uh, like Fournier, Derek Rose, Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole point of that is the Lakers get some depth. And for the Knicks, they get off Fournier's money for next year. And if you're the Lakers, that's 18 million for next year getting eaten up. So while I think they should be open to something like that, they got to get some kind of incentive. So I do think, uh, if they're not willing to trade Westbrook with draft picks to get an upgrade now, they definitely see what you could do to get some draft picks back, build that mm-hmm. uh, chest. So you could make those trades uh, maybe this off season, try to make that uh, get, you get another pick you could trade with the, the Pelicans pick after the draft, maybe get another pick on top of that. If you really want to go big game hunting. Yeah. I, the, the path of trading Russ at this point um, is is an interesting one because, you know, I I am still very much on 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 board with trading Russ. Uh, I I do think he has been better than um, I think they could have kind of even hoped for realistically, given the entire circumstance under which he's playing. Um, but like for me, if you trade, if you don't trade Russ, if you and and correct me if I'm wrong, but if they don't trade Russ. That forty-seven million dollars that 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 expires or whatever, and now you're going from you know in terms of money on your roster, you're going from forty-seven million dollars um, plus whatever it is that you because if they're if they're hoping to use thirty-five million dollars in cap space, you're letting Kendrick Nunn expire, you're letting Patrick Beverly expire, and you know, you're, you're really trimming down the number of guys that have, uh, non minimum contracts on on your, on your roster. So for me, you know, even, even given that, you know, if you look at some of the names and I know some Lakers fans would probably thrilled to get Kyle Kuzma back in free agency, you're essentially trading Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn for Kyle Kuzma right now. You know, it, like that, that would essentially be the trade. And I know a lot of people would probably do that, but that would then kind of impact the, the type of flexibility you have moving forward. So for me and, 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 you know, mathematically speaking, 
which path offers more flexibility to you? Is it, is it, you know, moving some of the contracts that they have right now that are due to expire to bring in some long-term money um, that heads into next year, albeit probably costs them uh, luxury tax money next year? Or is it, or would they have more flexibility to let all of these contracts expire and try to reset the roster using that, that 30 ish million dollars in cap space? Um, the, uh, the first path makes more sense if they just want to stock up on more tradable salary so they can do more trades later, because Mm -hmm. the biggest problem, one of the biggest issues with the Westbrook trade and then going, they had like 10 minimum contracts last year is that their only, uh, non max contracts were, uh, it was two guys. None was one of them. And then I, and I Taylor I, Horton Tucker, Taylor Horton Tucker was the other one. Mm-hmm. And Oh, those, I remember. Yeah. Every, every, every other day it was like the Lakers are offering pick. Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn and yeah. maybe a pick. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, no. <laughs> so, and now this year, uh, it's a little better. They got uh Beverly who's making a little more than Tucker. They've got, uh, Lonnie now, uh, Jones a little more than the minimum. So, Unless you're, if they can turn some more of these minimum guys, combine them for some higher paid salary that's into next year. So, um, and yeah, most likely they'll be in the tax. Uh, if uh, they end up do consolidating a lot of these contracts into more bigger contracts. Um, it just depends. I, I would say that if they're looking to get a star as soon as possible, then yeah, consolidate getting some contracts, uh, already under contract for next season. Uh, so you can trade them again later. I, I, that probably does get you, uh, like, like if a Zach Levine or Bradley Bielaskow gets you in a better position to do that versus if you go into free agency, uh, you can't really absorb them into the yeah. cap space. I don't think, I mean, I'd have to look at, it, but I don't think there's like a, tr- a trade they'd be really able to, do to make it work during the off season. So they could miss out on an opportunity like that. It's, it's possible. That's, um, that's, that's notable because, yeah. um, you know, that is something that the Lakers are out there trying to leak. That is, you know, Hey, on draft night, we could trade two first rounders and we could draft somebody and we could trade that person there. And it's essentially like trading three first rounders. And at that point, maybe just maybe we'll have some cap space and we can absorb somebody into that cap space. But the problem with that is I don't think right now they have a 10-ish million dollar contract that they would be able to trade then Yeah, that that would allow you to then absorb that player into that $30 million of, of cap space. And, and like, the, again, like, essentially, the part of the reason, you know, the yeah, macro the reason. next year so far is just LeBron, 47 mil, AD, yeah. 40 and a half mil and then Damian Jones, Max Christie. And then, and then maybe if Lonnie opts in, right. Mm-hmm. Then he's at like six or seven. I don't know. He's, um, I don't No, No, Lonnie just won your deal. Oh, it wasn't a uh, weird. Okay. I've been operating under the wrong assumption this whole time. Um, sure. but, but like if, if, you know, for the, the, the macro reason that I wanted to, to bring you on here is because, you know, I, and I've had this conversation with a few people around the league um, asking, hey, is the $35 million in cap space a way that they can sell people 
on the notion of free agency um, while, you know, kind of subverting those expectations and instead focusing on resetting their repeater tax. Um, <laughs> and, and now look, like in, in fairness to the Lakers, though they probably aren't going to consider, they aren't going to like this response from people around the league. Nobody thinks they're that smart. Like nobody thinks they're, they, they would be, that's something that they would have their eye on um, or that they are organized enough to do that. I think the, the, the vast majority of people that I have spoken to and in, in their response on that, usually it's kind of like a, huh, I hadn't thought about that, but no, I don't see if, if we haven't thought about that, they probably haven't thought about that. But can you, can you talk about like resetting the repeater tax and, and, and why that would be something that the Lakers would be interested in doing? So the, the generally the way a luxury tax cycle works, if you have cap space, you're very unlikely to be in the luxury tax, like because you're so below yeah. the the luxury tax, and there's so there's so many limitations to how much more salary you can add after you reach the cap. That reaching the luxury tax, like it, I think it's only happened one time. I think the uh, Cavs, the year they brought LeBron back. They somehow mm -hmm. got into the tax. I wasn't following the cap then, so I wouldn't know how, but they somehow <laughs> ended up being luxury taxpayers. So if they're going to go the cap space route, yeah, you can, yeah, there, you can look at it like they're trying to sell the, 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 uh, the, was that the year yeah. they also extended? Was that like, cause didn't they kind of sort of, how did the Wiggins love thing happen? Was Wiggins on, Wiggins was, no, how did that work? Cause, Wiggins was on the Cavs and they traded him for Kevin Love. Yeah. But Love was making, I think, more money than than Wiggins was. So was there like an extend in, in trade there? Well, Ben no no, Bennett was it was him and Bennett. I think that was the matching salary. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Bennett was number one pick, so it was a pretty good amount of money. Mm -hmm. Um but then they also brought in Mozgov. They brought in J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert. Um like I, I, you know, I don't know the mechanics of how they were able to bring in all that salary, yeah. but they ended up being taxpayers. Yeah, uh, maybe. But the maybe, point being here that it's really yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, so obviously they could be selling the whole concept of free agency, uh, but just generally speaking, they're very unlikely to reach the tax. Uh, they can, uh, so you know, they can spend their their cap space. One of the few ways there's only like two things they could really do to uh, go above the cap afterwards, which is the room mid level, which is going to be like seven mil and then mm -hmm. uh, re-signing Reeves to a significant raise. So, and, but even then I don't think like, like even if he were to get like 10 mil, something like that high, it, they still would be a ways away from the tax. I think even mm -hmm. after bringing in minimum guys to fill up the roster. So um, so that's the uh, so now as far as resetting the repeater, you're they're not really resetting it more than they're delaying it because mm. when the Lakers were uh, when they had cap space 2019, they ended up not paying the tax uh, 2020, mm -hmm. but then they ended up paying the year after. They kept maximizing their spending as much as they can as, as much as they could. Mm -hmm. So it's but they could potentially get back into the tax the following season. Uh, that season though, they would, uh, they wouldn't pay the repeater, but it, it just kind of gets pushed back in a year because the year, the rule is you're in the repeater. If you're in the tax three years in a row or three of the last uh, four years, uh, sorry. Yeah. After three of the last four years, yeah, three of the last four years, basically. Mm -hmm. So this would be, so that means, you know, three in a row would mean they'd be 
repeater next year. Uh, but if they are, uh, if they don't pay the tax at all next year, then the following season, 24, 25, it would just be regular taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then after so that's the repeater. Yeah. Like essentially, like I, I don't, I think it's pretty, I mean, I, I think by that point, you know, LeBron's extension will have ended right. Uh, two years from this upcoming off season, it's a two year extension, right? So, yeah. Um, so at that point, like, you know, you could technically have cap space again, and then it's kind of difficult to be a, 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 a taxpayer when you have cap space, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's been so, so essentially it has been so loud that they want to avoid taking on any, t- any kind of long-term money um, that it's made me wonder like if something else has been going on. So when I would ask around, Hey, by the way, like if they, if they pay the tax this upcoming year, they would be repeat tax offenders. And then they, you know, we know how little the uh, Lakers are interested in, in paying luxury taxes. So is that something that they would be trying to avoid? And again, I, I just, I feel like I have to repeat it because the response was so funny to me. But like most people who were saying that was like, yeah, I guess that's possibly something that they could be interested in doing, but I don't think they're thinking that far ahead. I think they're more interested in just the idea of that cap space and, and the flexibility that comes with it. The only thing is like we just talked about a second ago, that flexibility isn't necessarily as flexible as the Lakers could potentially be if they just broke up Russ's contract into a few smaller ones. um, And if they moved, Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn for another couple contracts that are above NBA minimums. And now you have some actual contracts that, you know, ideally those players are better than, and than minimum guys. And those guys help you win right now. But on top of that, you have some contracts that can be compiled in ways that, you know, minimum contracts just can't be done as meaningfully. And, and given the, the structure of trades and what goes into these trades, this path forward of, of cap space, I think is, is kind of selling everybody a bill of goods. I don't, I don't really, I don't really see it as, as a, as a productive path forward. And, and again, like based on the stuff that you're saying here, there are some things that the Lakers could do, but it sounds like the Lakers are, are, you know, would, would be doing something for the notion of it when it's, when it's not actually the practical path forward. And uh, the other thing to add to that, is, uh, you know, I, I keep a list of the upcoming free agents. Uh, I can't say there's probably a handful of guys that I can go through some of the guys that are in the range. Like if you can, like, I think the, the goal, if the Lakers are trying to fill up on depth in free agency is if you could get like three guys uh, around 10 million, million each, and then you get your uh, mid, uh, room mid level guy, um, you know, but at the same time, I can't say these guys might be like the most exciting. Uh, just some guys like I could, you know, especially the wing players, it's going to be hard to compete for them, which is like they really need more three and D wings. But guys like uh, Kelly Oubre, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, Josh Hart's got a player option. Seth Curry, Karis LeVert, um, Harrison Barnes, depending on he might be a little too expensive. Uh, Eric Gordon, if he gets cut. Dante DiVincenzo, um, Jay Crowder. I'm just, I don't know. Do any of these guys really scream out to you like Oladipo, Otto Porter's injured. 
Uh, Gallinari's injured. Uh, there's Josh Richardson. Well, like to, for me, for me, it's just like the opportunity cost is too high, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're foregoing competing on this season for the likes of Jay Crowder, and right. like my stomach hurt just saying that out loud right now. That is not something that like I don't <laughs> like the notion of. I we I'm sorry guys we cannot we cannot dip into our our salary cap for this upcoming season because a Danilo Gallinari off of a serious knee injury might potentially be available like this isn't something again it's it's the kind of thing that you say it right when when you say 35 million dollars in cap space you look back to six or seven years ago when that was a max slot right. If the Lakers had a max slot available to them this upcoming this upcoming offseason, I would say, yeah, I would try to keep that available. I would try to that that is enough to whether you're spending it all on one person, which we know the Lakers would probably try to do, or that is enough money to break up into two or three like fifteen million dollar type players, fifteen or twenty million dollar type players, and that is meaningful additions to your team that are worth you know, waiting a year to compete to be able to pull off. But if you're adding one of those type players and you're hoping to convince another player to take a pay cut and you're doing so while you're, again, foregoing competing when LeBron is playing the way that he's competing, it just doesn't seem very practical to me. And, and the reason I wanted to bring you on is to hopefully try to spell out how impractical the notion of not competing this year for the sake of $35 million in cap space or $30 million. 35 is like if everything falls as well as it possibly could. And so, so you're probably looking at, like you said, something closer to $30 million. And it, that just doesn't seem like enough money to be worth the opportunity cost that comes with it. Yes. And like I said, I, I don't find this free agency crop of role players, uh, as strong as in 2019 like that was a strong free agency class from top to bottom like free agents were planning to like become a free agent around that time uh because you know the cap was going up and like i said i think now everyone wants to time their free agencies to 2025 that's why Mm -hmm. everyone's signing extensions now so one other path i would think could make a lot of sense for the lakers uh with their cap space is trading for role players. Uh, you know, you could just absorb them. Maybe the the team getting, trying to get rid of them, is trying to save some money, clear some cap space and try to get some assets back. Like I'm really, I mean, the Lakers really need, I think to restock their assets because it's just what they're, all they're doing right now is, you know, they want to be as good as possible, but at the same time, they don't want to spend whatever assets they have, which I agree with, they shouldn't because I think they really they're they're very tight with what they can send out. I do think that, uh, generally speaking, I'm very conservative with like if I was a GM, I would not really be trading draft picks like mm-hmm. barely. Um, so, so yeah, they're just kind of treading. You, you're basically waiting. saying like like stop stop straddling the fence and pick a path here, right? Yeah, so like. Right, like at the same time, I think though they're mostly doing the right thing. I I do think uh they shouldn't be trading any. Like, uh, I would not. I don't. You know, Boyan Bogdanovich clearly, he would present a. He would be a really good upgrade. Uh, 
and I do think he's really good. He's definitely worth uh, a first-round pick, but the Lakers aren't in that position. I don't think they should – if they could only trade two first-round picks right now, I don't think they should be giving up one of them for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so, um, you know, I think they just got to hold I, – I do think they're doing the right thing, holding on to their assets for now. But I understand uh, the frustration about come on, like pick you know pick a direction. You we've got you got LeBron and AD go all in, uh, or blow it up and start getting picks under. Yeah, and they're somewhere in the middle instead. So I understand that frustration. Yeah, I, I think that's that's basically it. Because I think, like to me, I just think the 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 least practical path forward here is just to ride out this season, right, and not do anything. And I and I do think, like if I had to bet, um, based on based on you know kind of the sentiment out there, what the Lakers would do, this, I, I do think they'll wind up trading Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, and maybe like a couple second rounders just to see what they can, what you can get back there, and turn that those two contracts of that that you can I think if they move those two guys, you can get back like a twenty million dollar player, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah. and if you, if you trade those two guys and a couple second rounders and you have somebody on $20 million contract who isn't like the best $20 million contract, but then again, like if they're interested in, 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 uh, keeping their cap space available, then you're trading for an expiring $20 million. And those are a little bit more valuable than, than, you know, the return on Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly and two second rounders for an expiring $20 million deal. Um, that's that you're probably not getting back a particularly meaningful player there, but if you're interested, if, if the Lakers are open to taking back $20 million of, of money that extends into next season, which, Oh, by the way, is just like, just happens to be buddy healed. Um, but if, if the Lakers were interested in bringing back that kind of money and cutting into their cap space for next year by doing so, I think that's a, that's an efficient way to, I guess, straddle that fence. You're not going all in, but you're also not just letting all of your assets that you currently have fall by the wayside. And I, it, that would be probably the way that I predict this this plays out. Is have you have have you looked at? You know, if if they were to bring back, if they were to bring in Buddy Heald, for example, then they're having they they would have about ten mil or so in in that cap space. Um, if they were to do that, I guess that's a a semi productive way to 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 manage everything that they're hoping to accomplish this season. I how how do you feel about that path? I mean, so then you're gonna there'll be an over the cap team. You don't, you know, ten. You don't have teams don't won't have ten million cap space because you'll have more spending power with the mid level, uh, yeah, and then uh, whatever um, the biannual, um, yeah. So you, have, you technically have a little more spending power af, uh, versus cap space, but um, um, I, I I just don't know because I don't know what the bet best path is where they're continuing to run it with LeBron and AD. Um, I, I think the truly the best, if they want to, you know, as long as the plan is to keep winning with those two, I think they really need to uh, get as deep as possible in free agency. And I know that, uh, you know, a lot of these guys I mentioned, yeah, they're definitely significant upgrades 
to the to most of the minimum guys on the roster right now. Uh, but I think that's what they need to do. Like try to really, whether it's through free agency or trading for role players under contract next year, really win on those margins. Um, and just, I don't know how far that'll get them, but they need, to, I, I just think they need to get, be as deep as possible. That's really all it is. The minimum game, like, I don't know. I can't recall uh, a team, both and the, the Lakers did this both last year and this year where they had 10 minimum players uh, this year. It's a little, I think it's a little less now, but just near, you know, around two thirds comprising of minimum guys. Usually when you're if, like, look at the Warriors last year, they basically like an anomaly uh, winning the minimum game on four guys with a uh, Iguodala Porter, Gary Payton, uh, be elite. just that alone is like that doesn't even happen to get to strike hard on to to, to hit yeah. gold on all four minimum guys like that and the lakers basically doubled that amount like they i they need to that that's just my number one thing I, as long as they can just cut the minimum guys significantly and just get some uh you know, normal salaried guys. Like I really feel you get what you paid for. And then that, that especially yeah. rings true with, with minimum players. Um, they just need to get deeper. And again, I'm not, I don't know if it's gonna, if there's a way that it'll, you know, really get them back into contention. Uh, it, it's just hard though. Cause LeBron and AD make so much money. Um, and it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it look, Fortunately, you know, we aren't the people making these decisions. This is not like the, the, the spot that the Lakers are in right now is a difficult one to, to, to dig themselves out of and how they do it is going to be interesting to see. Um, and I, you know, the, the purpose of this conversation was to hopefully, you know, kind of paint the picture of, of all of the things that they have to try to navigate as they try to do that. But um, Yossi, thank, thank you very much for hopping on. Um, I want to get out of the way and let you plug uh, whatever it is that, that you want to plug. You have a trade guide currently up on Hoops Hype. So, so what's that all about? So every year on Hoops Hype, it's my third year doing it now. I do a very deep, comprehensive, uh, just deep dive on all 30 teams. I write just what I about each team, what I think, what direction they might go, uh, and talk about some of their players. And so I just... Uh, that's been out since last week. Um, and the whole point, just something that you can look back at uh, throughout the next month as we get closer to the trade deadline. I did touch on the Lakers and in it, I had a, a bit of more of a, I had a more of like a seller's kind of stance because, you know, if I gun to my head, I would, I would guess that the Lakers season isn't going to go as well as they hope. Like I'm guessing if, you know, that's the same. Might, I don't I might like, just the fact that another injury happened to AD just really gets me uh, skeptical that they're going to make it, that him and LeBron will make it in one piece, knock on wood. But mm-hmm. um, assuming that they they just, because the season spirals, I kind of had a more of a seller's approach where maybe they look to get some seconds for Beverly. Maybe they... Uh, try to just do something with Westbrook to get back some assets like we discussed earlier. Um, I even uh, talked about if they don't trade Westbrook, maybe he'll want to buy out, you know, 
if they're going to be out of the the play in, uh, out of the playoff picture, maybe he'll want to go to a different team, but maybe there's somewhere a number that he can cut from his uh, buyout, save Lakers a lot of money. Just I, I don't I don't expect that to happen. I think most likely they'll keep him, uh, even if yeah. he's not traded. But I just get into a couple of these possibilities. Uh, but let's see. Hope uh, you know Lakers have been playing a lot better. I think Darvin Ham uh, has really figured out. He knows the personnel really well. Is getting a lot out of the really productive guys. I was at the Sixers game yesterday, and I thought that was a really well played game. I liked what I saw from the Lakers. So if they get AD back, if they stay healthy, I suppose that yeah, they should probably make the play. And I'm not just the health aspect now that's uh, keeping me from feeling that confident. Same, same, and I think the Lakers would agree. Uh, you know, to, to based on based on the inaction that we've seen to this point, uh, I think that is why the Lakers haven't haven't gone all in uh, in the way that fans may have wanted to. Uh, but thank you very much, Yossi, for hopping on. Best of luck here covering the league um, moving forward. And, and yeah, get your get Michael to to, to hype you up. You you literally write for hoops hype. Hype is in the name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll write that down. Hoops hype needs more hype. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can find my work on uh, on hoopshype.com, the trade that uh, trade guide, and you can follow me on Twitter at Yossi Goslin, uh, Y O S S I G O Z L A N. Yep, you can see it right here if you're watching on video, and like he just spelt it out. You you really should. It's great information that he throws out there, and he stays on top of all this stuff in ways that I could never even imagine so thank you very much man best of luck moving forward and i'll talk to you soon thank you anthony